What's up? And welcome to Espresso with Erin and Sarit, the show where you go to gain the confidence and self-empowerment that you need to live your best and most authentic life. Tough love conversations to reveal the simple truths that will transform your relationships, your body, and your bank account. We are your hosts. I'm Erin. And I'm Sarit. And we are on a mission to transform the lives of millions through the same fitness, nutrition, lifestyle, and financial habits that have transformed ours. What's up, you guys? Happy Monday. It is Monday, Movement Monday. We just got poured on over here in Florida. So wherever you're at, whether it's wet or dry, we hope that you're staying safe. But since today is whether it's wet or dry, we hope you're wet. Your fault. Uh, but you guys, since today's Monday, we're going to be going through all things movement. And if you missed last week's episode, we were talking about how this month we're going to be focusing specifically on all things squats. So today is a continuation with regards to uh, last week's episode where we basically introduced the, the squad, the purpose of it, why is it, impo- why is it good for you to do, blah, 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 whatever. Um, so today we're gonna be going over specifically the barbell back squat, okay, which is one of the forms of the more heavily loaded back squat, okay? So, you know, unless you've been given some kind of warning by you know your doctor to to not do a back squat like striving to do a barbell back squat is something that each and every one of you guys should should strive to do hold on yes something that you should all strive to do if you had some kind of guidance or warning or instruction to not do a barbell back squat with no reason as to why question it yes because some doctors some people will say you shouldn't be whatever it's bad for whatever it's all relative so just make sure you have a reason why you wouldn't get that instruction yeah but unless you've been given that instruction that is one of the movements that each and every one of you guys should, should strive to do well not just do is the barbell back squat for a bunch of reasons for one it's a functional movement for two it is considered a weight bearing movement which is incredible for your longevity and your bone mass probably like one of bone density yeah like the best movements for that um obviously you know life strength with regards to whatever goal you have whether it's an aesthetic goal whether it's a performance goal or whether it's a longevity goal you know like the stronger your legs are the better they are to perform over time and keep you safe and healthy. And something and, and, and the more dense your bones are, the less fragile you become as we start to deteriorate. So yeah. there's no question that we do begin to deteriorate. It use it or lose it. Yeah. So if you don't put weight on your bone structure, it will get weak, it will get frail, you'll you'll reach 80 years old and then step off of a curve and you wonder why your tibia broke. Right. So Bone density, way important. Super important. Um, you know, something that some of you guys may have heard in the past is doing squats is bad for you. And what we have to say with regards to that is 
doing back squats wrong is bad for you, okay? Um, because when you do it right, there is nothing but healing properties for it with regards to, it will help you to improve your strength, it will help you to improve your endurance, definitely will give you an advantage as far as your stamina goes, um, you know, obviously bone density and the list goes on and on and on, okay? Um, so we, we have to get that out of the way. So now what we're going to be going over is kind of like more of the mechanical things as far as the back squat goes. And since Erin is the movement model, she's going to demonstrate. Now, I hope they can hear the rain and the, and the trees ruffling around. Yeah. And there's thunders too. You know, they said winds up to 45 miles an hour today. Really? That's crazy. That is All right. I'm here right now. Better, better go surfing if you're in Florida, because there's probably like a, a one foot wave. <laughs> All the Cali peeps are probably laughing no, their ass off. Okay, so so the first thing that we're gonna go over is is prep for the back squat. Okay, so foam rolling is a really important part of prep. Because what foam rolling does is it helps to fire up your motor units, which are basically like the parts in your muscle fibers that tell your muscles to fire more quickly. Okay, we're going to be going over um, rep and set scheme sequences in just a little bit, but whatever the case may be, you definitely want to make sure that you are foam rolling. And then from a longevity standpoint, obviously it helps to get your fascia, which is the mesh that surrounds your muscles ready. I think we will we'll go through this relatively quickly. If you want to know more about foam rolling in more detail, there are more videos on our YouTube yes. that you can dive deeper into. So we're going to give you a quick view of this, uh, but we're not going to go into super detail. Correct. Today's about the Yeah. Okay. So what part does somebody want to foam roll when doing a back squat? Great. So you guys got it. You can either slap your glutes, your hamstrings, and your quads, or, you know, basically we just said what those body parts are. Okay. So something that's important when it comes to foam rolling, you want to foam roll on what we call cross section. So if the muscle runs um, up and down, you want to make sure that you are also moving your foot from one side to the next in order to really dig in. One thing with this though, if you're doing this before squatting, do not take it to a pain tolerance of like nine. You want to stay like below probably a six because if you put your muscle in a pain, there's going to be a different response and it's actually not going to work as well. So just when you're doing this after you work out, Go as hardcore as you want, but before a workout, don't make it go past like a like a five or a six on, on the pain scale. Yeah. All right. So quad, hamstring, glutes. All right. If you need more info on that, just go to one of our particular YouTube videos with regards to that. So oh, then hair. your hair looks great. The next thing that we're going to be talking about is the bar so you guys there's there's two types of bars there is a male bar and a female bar in this house we own only female bars not just because we're proud feminists but because um you know when you're a female um it, it is just really a lot simpler 
to handle the female bar. It is thinner, so you can grip it better, okay? Which means that it'll allow you to move around more weight. So, you know, unless you're a female and you have like massive hands, which we do respect, um, we would recommend that you use the female bar simply because it'll help you to push a lot harder. And I'm speaking from my own personal experience. If you have your, if you've got your own equipment, when you go to any other gym, they're typically they're going to have the male bars, which is totally fine. I used those for ever. Yeah. So. Yeah. It's not the end. It's not the end of the world. All right. So let's just do a quick demonstration of. The back squat, and if you're in the underground training club, you saw that, yes, we are maxing out this week. So um, we hope that all of you guys are ready. Okay, so let's talk about the back squat real quick. So the first thing that you want to do is you want to get your hands set up in a particular way. Good thing this thing is elevated. So, okay, Aaron, you want to talk about why you're placing your hands wherever you are? Yeah, so, you know, where, where do my hands go? It's all going to be relative. If you've got longer limbs, your hands are probably going to be out a little bit wider. Um, but generally speaking, when you, first of all, you just want to have your hands even. So I just go one thumb's distance. If you can see the neuraling, which is this rough part, starts right here. I go one thumb distance out from the neuraling on both sides. And then I, and then I put the bar not on i'm not putting it on my neck like on my spine right here i'm putting it a little bit lower than that so we're going here and then basically what you want you can adjust your hands from here if you want but basically you want your wrists to be right underneath your elbows so if you've got longer limbs your hands might be a little wider or narrower just depends so for me it is about a thumbs distance for anybody like between five foot three or four and five foot seven, it's probably gonna be about the same. Yeah. So then from here, I'm already loaded up underneath the bar. I'm not starting like this. I'm already here like I'm squatting and I'm simply gonna stand and I'm gonna take two to three steps back. So last week we talked about squat depth and if you need more information with regards to that, with regards to how do you test it, how do you know, just go to last week's video. However, the next thing that Erin's gonna do is she's gonna squat all the way, full depth, full range of motion, and back up. Good. And if you look closely, my butt is very hungry for my pants. So last week, one of the questions that we got to is, I think it was Teresa, Snyder who asked it, she's like, I see a lot of people at the gym basically moving their hips back and forth when they're doing it. So here you can see that they're like literally thrusting their hips all the way forward, like, and yeah, instead oh, yeah. of just squeezing their glutes. So we talked about it last week, but as you can see, Erin doing the squats, can you do one more? Yeah, go from the side right here. Yeah, it's just, it's raining outside. Here. That's okay, I will get rained on. Uh, you see? Yeah. Okay. So from the side, there's a difference between I'm squeezing my glutes and I'm pushing my hips forward. Yeah. I couldn't tell a big difference. No, I did. I only did it. Oh, okay. I got it. So, okay. 
There you go. Which which is terrible. Terrible for your low back. Terrible. And let's talk real quick about putting this away because I'm gonna put it away. Yeah. When you're here, you did a squat, bang, boom, cool. Walk it in until you hit the back of the rack and then bring it back down. That way you know you're gonna hook the J hooks and you're not trying to just like guess and then the bar falls down on you. So yeah. Um um, another thing that you can do, if you're progressing, you're a little bit scared, just like with the progression of the uh, air squats, the taint tappers, if you remember from last week, Trisha Weeks, you can do the same thing with the barbell, just so that you know how far down to go and so you feel comfortable, there's something underneath you that's tactical so that you can actually feel it. And your arms can actually help serve you in this squat by actively pushing up on that bar. If your elbows are way back here, you're pushing the bar into your neck and you're losing a lot of force that can be generated in an upward press as you come out of the squat. Yeah. All right, the next thing I want to talk about is doing back squats on the Smith machine. Ooh. So something that you hear, and if you're like, what is the Smith machine? That is the machine where the barbell is attached to some kind of what looks like a, if there was a jail cell at a gym, the Smith machine would look like it. So basically it's like you're not in full control of the movement. Um, you're only in control of the movement to the degree of whatever the, the Smith machine allows you to move. Um, and, you know, we see a lot of people who are, who have physique goals and that sort of thing, like relying heavily on the Smith machine. Um, as you guys can see, we obviously don't have the Smith machine here, though there is a time and place for the Smith machine. We are not big fans of using the Smith machines for, for back squats simply because your body was designed in a specific way to move, and the Smith machine um, does not. It dictates the path of yeah, the bar. The, the Smith machine dictates the path of the bar instead of your body dictating the path of the bar. So, what, what happens with the Smith machine is that it obviously leads to compensations, um, which you know, obviously if you have longevity goals, compensation would lead to injury over time. And then from a performance standpoint, obviously if you're developing compensation, you get injured. Also your body is not moving the way that it can. You're not going to exert it as far as you actually could. So Daisy brought up a really good point too about um, shoes. Oh yeah, right. Soft, squishy sole shoes, like uh, running shoes, are not the best. Because what happens is, when you have weight on the bar, as soon as you, you get to the bottom of your squat, when you go to press out, you're pressing, your feet are pressing down into the floor, and if you've got a squishy, it's like, it's like if you try to hit a baseball with a, a flimsy rubber bat. Like, there's a delay with the contact, 
So it actually makes it a lot more difficult for you. Um, I actually, this morning, I squatted barefoot because it helps me, like we were talking about last week, grip the floor with my, with my big toe, the ball of my foot, my heel, and the ball of my little, my PT toe. Um, so shoes do matter. These are like, some of you guys have Metcons or know what they are. They're extremely flat, terrible to run in, but like long distances, but great for lifting, like squats and things like that. Yeah, so any flat shoe would be great for that. The Metcons, the Reebok Nanos, the Nobles, Converse's, um, obviously any Olympic lifting shoe, that's a very flat surface with a heel, so it gives you an even like bigger advantage. Those would be great. Running shoes, triathlon shoes, biking shoes, like if you have, if those are your only shoes and you're like, I'm not willing to Especially the ones yet. that go on the Peloton bike, don't squat. Oh my gosh. <laughs> yeah, that would be dangerous. If, if you're not willing to invest in a shoe yet, then you might as well do your back squats barefoot. However, we would encourage you to um, invest in a flat shoe. You can have a soft foot. Yeah. I did a soft foot. Soft foot. I did a soft foot. So the next thing we're going to talk about is rep and set scheme sequence. And this matter is based on, you know, whichever particular goals you have. And we're going to tie it into a little bit of the, um, you know, why behind, why the programming of, you know, our different programs looks different and the purpose and the intention of that. Um, so, I would love to hear from you guys, if you could drop in the comments and tell us like what workout program are you currently following, um, and based off of that, you'll be able to see, okay, like what is the goal from this, okay, so anything that's on the higher rep is considered to be a uh, hypertrophy type of exercise, so higher rep, what's higher rep? Higher rep would be anything, like anything over 8 or 10. So if we're talking about like, oh, 8, 10, 12, 15, 20, 30, that's hypertrophy. Hypertrophy in simple terms means building muscle. Okay? There's like a 1, 5. And there's a 1, 2, 3, 3, 5. 1, 2, 3, 3, 5, like 6. Yeah. 6 to like 12. And then that's 12 plus. Yeah. Yeah. So, you know, any, anything over 12, which is like what the burn zone does, right? If you're in any of the burn zones, be it 1, 2, 3, or 4, we are working on hypertrophy, okay? Which, if there was like a pyramid for your strength, hypertrophy will be very much at the bottom, okay? Um, because you know, your muscle tissue has to expand before your muscles fire up in a different way, right? Um, when it comes to creating neuromuscular changes, that takes more time and more effort, and therefore you want to create a foundation. So the foundation for all things strength is what's called hypertrophy, and that's why for any of you guys who are like, well, I want to look more toned, I want to get stronger, that's why we have you start with the burn zone, because that is step one with regards to that, all things hypertrophy. Can I go? So, so with 
So this is hypertrophy. So it's saying this big word, hypertrophy. It means muscle growth. Hypertrophy. Okay, that's abbreviated. Great. So any, if you want to get good at a movement, you need to do a lot of reps of it, which means the weight's going to be light. The further up this scale you go, the, the more weight there typically is. So when you're down here, the weight, there's usually more weight. I wonder if they can hear us. Can you guys hear us? Just type yes or no. Less weight, more weight. And the importance of knowing this is that the more weight you have on you, the more risky it is if you're not experienced. So you need to start here, less weight, more reps, and like, you know, 15 to 20 reps, three sets. And then as, as we work our way up here, these are all beneficial in different ways that Sarita's is talking about. If you want more muscle growth, you want to grow your muscles, you're living somewhere in the like 6 to 12 rep range. The reason it's a range is because it all has to do with the amount of time that your muscles are under tension. So between the 6 to 12 rep range is when it's going to be under the amount of tension for the amount of time that's going to um, like cause growth or hypertrophy. Alright? So then the weight normally goes a little higher here because you're, you're not doing as many reps. The reps go down again. Now we're shooting more for strength. But you should already be more experienced. And then as the weight hits like if you're only lifting one to three reps, the weight should be so fucking heavy that you can barely get one to three reps. That's why it gets more dangerous. Dangerous, I say, only if you're inexperienced. So get the experience before you're going to like a max strength. Okay. Yeah, that's that's really, really good. And you know, that's talking about the wise a little bit, that's why, you know, burn zone one is all body weight while two, three, four involves some weights because if you don't even have some kind of like foundational endurance and we take you to hypertrophy with endurance, then we are giving you guys a complete disservice. Yeah, here, I'll this, give you a closer. And this is also why there is a qualifier for the underground training club. Because in the underground training club, we're actually going over all energy systems. So we are, we're pushing the limit on your max strength, on your strength. Max strength is considered power, by the way. Power, strength, hypertrophy, and endurance. And, you know, this is from, from a, a fitness standpoint, um, this is why, let's say, CrossFit style training, which is what we do in the underground training club. It's like is, CrossFit meets bodybuilding is, meets functional. Right. But, but that's why, like, functional training, okay, is from, from a fitness, um, complete fitness um, realm, will get you farther than powerlifting alone ever will. Uh, or bodybuilding alone ever will, unless you have some kind of specific goal. 
And the reason is, is because in bodybuilding, all this, all they strive to do is, is just to push the limit on growth and endurance because it's all aesthetic related. In powerlifting, it's all power related. So that's why, like, when you try to get a powerlifter to run 800 miles, they feel like they get a heart attack. 800 miles? Sorry, 800 miles. I would get a heart attack, like too. They feel like they're going to get a heart attack while, you know, like, if, if you get, like, you know, a bodybuilder who's been on an extreme cut to do, like, CrossFit, they're probably going to, like, have some kind of um, rapto or something along the lines. Okay, however, here's the concept of specificity. So if you have some kind of a specific goal, then all power to you, but from a fitness realm standpoint, like you want to train all energy systems because, you know, fitness is how fast can your body adapt to an external stimulus. Yeah, okay? there's, there's a couple of good questions in here. Let me know when you want me to ask them. Yeah, 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 just, just a second. Um, so real quick with regards to set, to, to um, set schemes when you're doing these reps. So normally when you're doing anything, um, you know, growth and endurance, we're talking about um, less sets that involve higher reps. Okay, with regards to strength and power, we're talking about more sets with lower reps. Okay, so that's why like in a lot of programs you will see like three by tens, right? Like those are kind of like either functional bodybuilding or bodybuilding type things. With bodybuilding, it's even, even like three by 18. Um, in CrossFit, you will see in the Metcon like 30 pull-ups, right? That's all, um, you know, pull-up endurance. And then, you know, when it comes to strength, like there is a five by five program. Um, and then like for power lift, it's like five sets of one and that sort of thing. It's like, right? yeah, like eight sets of one. Yeah, okay. Okay, first of all, they want to see the rain. It's not super dramatic right now. But you can hear Mother Nature roar. So anyways, there's our neighborhood. Welcome. <laughs> um, okay, some questions. All right, um... Do you have to start with burn zone one? I've been working out already, so I wasn't sure if it would be beneficial. You don't necessarily need to start, however, because the, so the, the end goal is for all of you guys to get to the underground training club, which is the UTC that incorporates all energy systems. However, you know, we want to make sure that you're ready. So the question is, like, do you need the qualifiers or are you close to needing the qualifiers? Yeah, on our page, is the link on there? No. It's erinandsarit.com backslash underground dash training. So you don't have to, but we want to make sure in the case that you can't fully complete all the qualifications, like do you even have experience with them? Because if you've never ran before, if you don't know what a double under is, um, you know, 
then you're you're just you're not going to be familiar with the language. So you know yep. it will be a disservice for you to start in the underground training club, and we recommend that you you know start in one of the burn zones. Yeah, I mean, we love people who come in and already can qualify for the UTC. A lot of people have already been working out. So, the, yeah, the qualifications are are on the website, so you can go there to check it out. This is so helpful. I've always wondered, but haven't asked. Burn Zone One will kick your ass, even if you are experienced. It's true. It did to me. Yeah, all of them will kick your ass, and you will hear us on the Burn Zone like talking about how it kicks our asses too. Do not ever underestimate the burn zone because the burn zone is an amazing program. Oh, Danny just posted the link as well. That's awesome. Thank you. It's coming down again. The rain, the rain Any stays made. No. Okay. So, you guys, that being said, if you need any training programs wow. that you know are proven and works, <laughs> if you need any training programs that you know work, depending on what level you're at, uh, you know, just go to either one of these. If you like haven't worked out in a year, then make sure to start with a free 14 day rise above workout program. Whoa. That was good. I felt that in my soul. I know, me too. Oh so, so look, if you've been sedentary for a while, let's say like over the last couple of months, just do yourself a favor. Can you just, Stacey, can you get a screenshot of whatever my face just was? Here, you go, you go stand here because I need oh. to explain to them what I'm looking for. Explain to them. So if you, if you haven't worked out in like a couple of months, then start with a 14-day rise above. That alone will kick your ass. It's simple but completely effective. Once you're done with the 14 day rise above, do the burn zones, there are four levels. Each burn oh, wow. zone <laughs> is eight weeks long. Burn zone one is all body weight. Burn zone two is dumbbells. Burn zone three is jump rope and animal flow. And burn zone four is kettlebell. Once you're done with that, you should definitely be ready for the underground training club. However, chances are that you may be ready already. By the way, I've had a conversation. <laughs> I'm going to bring it really close to you because the rain is so loud. Yeah. By the way, I've had a couple conversations with a few of you guys who are about to finish Burn Zone 4 and still intimidated by the Underground Training Club. You guys, the goal of fitness is not to keep you in your comfort zone. Okay? So, like, if you are right around finishing uh, Burn Zone 4, just do yourself a favor and go to the Underground Training Club. We need it. We're going to be very happy that you joined it. It is freaking awesome. Um, if any of you guys are wondering, that is the training that Aaron and I do. Yo. It's amazing. It doesn't even do justice. Like, yeah. it doesn't even look like it really uh, is. It's crazy. The, <laughs> the rain is Oh, right. oh, wow, that sounds so much better. And probably wow. too. All right, you guys, that being said, obviously it's an extremely rainy day here. Like we said at the beginning of today's episode, we hope that wherever you are, um, whether it's sweater dry, that you're staying safe. That being said, we hope that you have an amazing day ahead. We hope that you have a 
not getting a workout in, especially on a Monday. You guys, tomorrow is Q&A day. We want to answer any and all of your questions. So whatever questions you got, just go ahead and drop those questions in the form. And other than that, you guys, go smash your day. Be great. And we will see you tomorrow. Bye. Thank you for listening to Espresso with Erin and Suri. On your way out, be sure to check out our website, erinandsuri.com, to keep up to date with what we have going on and maybe grab some free stuff. And if you feel so inclined, hop on over to leave us a five-star review, wink, wink. And remember, life is more fun when you subscribe to Erin and Suri.